No, my hearty Mike, Danae Hortuck, and welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. A divided and ageing population vulnerable to extremist ideologies. One issue among others seen as a high-risk issue to national security. We talk about that just after four. And if you, like me, live in Auckland, you'll know the big issue, whether you're in a business or a commuter, and that big issue is congestion. Today, we hear nearly a 1,000 Auckland bus services suspended. That today. Also... Who isn't on what's known as the green list? A health recruiter tells us what she's seeing. And small businesses make up nearly 97% of all firms in the country. What's the bet that many of you struggle with clients paying their invoices late? Happened to you? We talk about that. And the show where I recant my hate of Halloween... I talked about that yesterday, and I'll tell you why. Something happened to me yesterday. We'll discuss that at 25 past four. With me this afternoon, by the way, you can get in touch by text 2101, or you can email me, the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Sue Kesley, women's advocate, writer, and former Green MP. Sue, kia ora. Good to have you on the program. Kia ora, Wallace. And... Jock Anderson, he's a finder of love, coming to us all the way from Scotland. Are you up, Jock? I am indeed. I've been up all night. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. What is it, 2.30 there? It's uh, Yes, it's uh, 10 to 3 in the morning. Good I thought heavens. I might catch a few winks before we went on air, but I decided to stay awake all night. I Heroic. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, Sue. I really appreciate having you on the program, Jock, and it's lovely to hear. I'm, I can't wait to hear what life is like in Scotland. To this, though, uh, first up, a big Trans-Tasman event for many, Australasia's biggest horse race. The Malcolm, Melbourne Cup kicks off at five. I think that checkpoint is going to be taken out live, so stay listening. Uh, rain is forecast to hit Flemington Racecourse for today's running of the Melbourne Cup, but the party, well, it has started and is underway. And with us is Jack Petley, uh, who is an international racing scout. He's in New Zealand and now living in Sydney. Jack, welcome. Uh, kia ora, and uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, kia ora, Jack. In fact, there'll be even thunderstorms and hail in the afternoon. I can't imagine the horses will be happy with that. They won't be. Neither will be the punters who are all dressed up oh, for yeah. the day. But th- that's Melbourne weather. And all I can say is thank goodness the black caps aren't playing there to start the season. Huh. This is true. So, look, two of the top three horses in the market for the Melbourne Cup are a bit of a mystery, I understand, as they have not raced in Australia prior to the race, I believe, there, Jack. Well, that, this, that does happen now because of the yeah. European horses coming in. Uh, the way the English trainers and the French trainers prepare their horses, they don't give their horses many races going into a major like we have done in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Bogle Ledge and uh, the favourite, he's been favoured about $4 probably for the last two weeks. He hasn't raced on on soft ground, but the connections are, are certain that he can. He's, uh, he's worked at home on, on bad ground and he's handled it, so they're very confident. He's nicely placed. He's got very good form in, in Europe. 
So he is the one that the punters are going for. But now that the rain's coming, there is quite a change in the market. There's a lot of money heading the way of Realm of Flowers, who was about 18 to 1 this morning, is now into $9. And Montefilia, who's tra- written by a New Zealander, Jason Collett, uh, she was about $12 this morning. She's now into 10 So because the rain's Goodness. coming, the punters are changing their, their uh, ideas a little bit. I had no idea the weather affected the uh, yeah, the bet so much. Hey, here's a fact for you, Jack. I was fascinated to know this. Breaking down the last 21 winning horses, five were UK-bred, five New Zealand-bred, three Aussie, three Irish-bred, and two US and two German-bred. Uh, we do pretty well. We do, but I was going to point out there are 14 European breads in the race today. There are six New Zealand breads, and poor old Oz, they've got four Australian horses only. So you can see that the, the wealth of the staying horse is coming from Europe. We've got a panel here, Jack, and with us is Sue Gisley. Sue, I'm taking a punt here, but I can't guess you're a huge fan of the Melbourne Cup, but I could be wrong. I wasn't one of the million Kiwis who took out bets on the Melbourne Cup uh, last year, Wallace, it is true. But I, I can understand that a lot of New Zealanders, and they they love watching it because you've got these New Zealand trained horses competing. Yeah. But sure, we've got six New Zealand bred horses, but why is it that there's no New Zealand trained horses this year? Jack? Well, probably I think that the uh, the depth of the New Zealand horse isn't as strong now as it was, say, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, now uh, the horse only has to show form at barrier trials in New Zealand, and because of the great stake money in Australia, there are agents around the tracks all the time ready to snap up New Zealand horses. So hence we have a lot of New Zealand bred horses racing in Australia, but not so many New Zealand trained. And that it's because of the wealth of money in Australia. I mean, they're buying all around the world... We've got a $10 million race uh, at Randwick last week, a $15 million race the week before, a $6 million Melbourne Cup, a $3 million race in Randwick today. So there's just massive money being made available Gosh. to horses. We don't have any uh, Kiwi, horse like Kiwi lurking in New Zealand. So we, we haven't. I mean, Kiwi was a wonderful horse. And of course, again, uh, he was one of those wonderful New Zealand stayers that crossed the ditch. But it's not happening now. Um, okay. And you can't blame trainers for having a good horse in their stable and an Australian marches across the ditch <laughs> with a handful of money and says, I'd like to buy your horse. I mean, you know, racing in New Zealand is at a low ebb. Uh, and, is it? Uh, is it really? It's going to improve a great deal. Is it? Yeah. Jack, Jack, I've, uh, I've missed out getting a bet this time for the first time in many years because I haven't quite figured out how the Scottish bookmaking system works. But uh, my pick uh, would be for uh, Smoke and Romans. Uh, what do you reckon the chances are there? Well, nice type of horse. He's about 18 to 1 in the, in the, um, in the market. Ran in the Caulfield Cup, and I was a little bit disappointed with his run. Uh, he was expected to win if you're the favourite you are, but he, he had a good run. He got out in the open in the, at the right time. It didn't kick on. So, uh, look, best of luck, uh, but I think that uh, you might be backing the wrong one. I, I do think the winner will come from Europe. Uh, either Dover legend or without a fight. And the big dangers from New for here, uh, Montefilia, uh, who's ridden by a Kiwi, and a horse who's bred in New Zealand, Stockman. Uh, he's a good, tough, uh-huh. staying yep. horse. And if the rain yep. comes, he's going to be the one to be very hard to beat. 
Great. You're, gosh, is there anything you don't know about horse racing, Jack? It's quite, quite extraordinary. Can I ask you, what's changed in the last 20 years uh, around the Melbourne Cup and horse racing? Well, I think the fact that the state money's improved so much that in yesteryears, I've always I've, I've acted on behalf of major race clubs around the world, getting runners for major race clubs around the world. And, and in yesteryears, 15 years ago, say, you, you'd approach an Australian trainer with an offer to go to Japan or to Singapore or to Hong Kong. Their immediate reaction is, how much is it worth and is it a free trip? You'd say both yeses, and the horse would be on its way. But, of course, nowadays, the money is so good in Australia that I'm actually looking for horses to go to Dubai, which is offering massive money at the moment, and also Hong Kong. Now, 10 years ago, I would have been knocked over with entries. I've had only 15 entries for Hong Kong, and I'm battling to get entries for Dubai because Australian mm-hmm. racing is so strong, backed good by the local governments. Amazing. Jack, it's really great talking to you. I appreciate your time. Kia ora. There's Jack Petley there, an international racing scout. I might get him back on. He's quite interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, uh, but uh, here we have the moment where our panellists uh, pour forth from the heart the topic that they want you to hear about. Sue Kesley, take it away. I've been thinking. Yeah, well, we've recently switched our electricity provider to the only not-for-profit power company in New Zealand. And it's well, a Wellington well, well. company called Toast Electric. So it offers half-price night rates, free home energy assessments, solar buy- buybacks and so forth. But most importantly, it uses any profits it makes from supplying electricity to a customer like myself to subsidise the electricity bills of low-income users during the winter. So the way their model works, for every three regular customers who sign up, they can subsidise the electricity of one low-income household. And this got me thinking, I thought, look, if a little minnow like Toast Electric can subsidise a low-income household with low affordable electricity... Why on earth can't the government, which sets the rules for the electricity sector, why can't it require every electricity provider in New Zealand, particularly the big ones, to use a percentage of their profits to subsidise low-income users who are experiencing what they euphemistically call uh, energy poverty? And why, at a time of runaway uh, inflation, is the government allowing electricity providers to keep increasing the cost of electricity and make exorbitant profits. So surely we need a bit of a grassroots campaign to persuade the government to take some action to rein in electricity prices. And as a start, if, for example, thousands of Wellingtonians switched to this not-for-profit energy provider, then that would encourage other not-for-profit energy companies to set up all around New Zealand as an alternative I would like to hear more about this little not-for-profit power company, Toast Electric. Never heard of them, but you... you, Only started up in September, I must add. Okay, so a not-for-profit electricity provider, quite extraordinary. So take the profit and subsidise the bills of low income. My question to you, though, is are they good? They're brilliant. Yeah, and they come out to your home and give you a free energy assessment. So their whole focus is on trying to get us, helping us to conserve energy, whereas the government and most electricity providers seem to be trying to encourage us to use as much electricity as as possible to increase their profits. Very interesting. I want to follow up on that, actually. So kia ora. Thank you for your time. That's Toast Electric there. Jock Anderson. Jock 
how are you? Can Scotland oh, com- well. <laughs> can Scotland compete with the great great city of Timaru? Well, it's uh, an uphill battle sometimes, but look, and yep. I've been thinking about so many things um, since we last spoke, and of Bet course, you have. I'm now speaking, now speaking to you for the first time as a as a married man. And uh, congratulations, yeah, congratulations, listening, listening somewhere else here in the house. But two two things, many things have been on my mind at the moment, but two things in particular, and one is relates to one of our topics, I think, later on, and that is. Um, how superb the Edinburgh public transport system is. Really? Particularly mm. buses. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, particularly when you're um, in my age bracket where you get a free bus pass, which enables you to travel anywhere in Scotland free on a bus. Anywhere in Scotland? But bus, yep. Yep. But the buses are amazing. Free. You know, every 10, 12 minutes, they're, they're on time most of the time. They're clean. You're welcomed on the bus. The drivers are courteous, unlike in New Zealand, where you're regarded, you know, bus travellers are regarded as almost as second-class citizens. Certainly my experience in Auckland. Well, that's only one of the things yeah, I've been no, thinking no, about. That's, that's really interesting. Uh, that's really interesting. And I do know there is a sort of perception, isn't there, uh, particularly in Auckland there. You know, I mean, I look, I, I, I take the bus and I understand what you're saying there. We mm. talk about that later. But I really want to hear more about why the bus service in, in Edinburgh is uh, so good. Any other reason, do you think? Well, Edinburgh how, how, is not How a big is it? The size of Christchurch? It, um, it's probably about the size of Christchurch. The total, the population of the city and the surrounding area is around about 800,000. Um, but of course, being an, an ancient city, several hundred years old, it's not built out. It's, you know, four and five ah. story tenements, maybe a bit higher. But it's very close together. But so having said that, Edinburgh to me is physically quite an open city. Yes. It's got good roads, believe it or not. And uh, but the buses just run; they go all over the place, and they go twenty-four hours a day. And you know the My Saturday God. and Sunday services are excellent. It really is fantastic. I mean, many many people here do not have motor cars. You're getting me jealous. No, you're getting me no red in the. You're getting me red in the face. Yeah. You're getting me red in the face. <laughs> the thing is, I want what you've the, got, Jock. I want what you've the got. The buses, the buses are clean. And they are great, and they can take you anywhere. And you can right. hop on and hop off any time okay. you want. Thank That's you, Jock. incredible. Jock Anderson, <laughs> Sue Kishley, today, the panel.